Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook Noble. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Inspired Choices Network. You are listening to Financially Speaking, and I'm going to be your host, Kathy Cook Noble, and we talk all things money and finance, which I know is one of the most exciting, if not the most exciting topic out there, and uh, sometimes I know I might be the only one that thinks that, but I like to think everybody is in that same camp where they think it's just the most fun ever to talk about money. Uh, I know it's a little bit scary to some people because I've talked to them about that, and they get a little bit stressed out, especially when we're talking around holiday seasons. They get a little bit stressed out about money or, or a little bit nervous about uh, what is or isn't there in terms of dollars and cents. And what we do here is we just try and break that down and say, okay, well, let's understand our stuff because as you, as anyone that knows me knows, I think anyone can understand their money and anyone has the ability to really get a grasp on what they've got and, and how their money works because that's really all we need to know. At the end of the day, all we really care about is our money and how it works and whether or not we have the right amount of money for what we want to do or the lifestyle that we want to live or the legacy we want to leave, whatever it is that motivates you. There's lots and lots of money out there in the world and there's lots and lots of opportunity to go and make some of it. And our goal here is to just share with you how you would do that in terms of understanding what you have so that you can go out and and really just get a handle on it. Because a really key, key, key piece of financial information I'm going to tell you is this simple. It's not always about what you make. So making more money won't make things better. It won't give you more money necessarily. It's what you keep. So saving money is the same as making money. If you can save money because you've saved money on your cell phone bill, for example, because cell phones, uh, this time of year, they always seem to be uh, coming up for renewal or big sales on in the U.S. or Canada. So if you save money on your cell phone, that's exactly the same as if you earned more money because you're keeping more money in your pocket. So if you go from a $100 a month cell phone bill to $80 a month cell phone bill, you just save $20 a month. That's $240 a year. So that in itself is the same thing as if we gave ourselves a raise of $240 a year. And that's what I do uh, every Monday night. That's what we talk about. It's uh, all about the money, all about your money, which is the key part, because we really don't need to concern ourselves with what our neighbors doing, our cousins doing, our siblings are doing, the all, all our multi multiple thousands of friends on Facebook, uh, what they're doing, we really shouldn't care about because uh, if we haven't, if we don't know by now, I'm going to, this is going to be a spoiler alert for anybody out there. Uh, If you're on Facebook and you have thousands of friends or hundreds of friends or even one friend on Facebook and you're watching this alleged fancy lifestyle they have, it's probably not 100% accurate. So, Don't be measuring yourself by what other people appear to be doing or not doing. So that is just, I I see that more and more with the growing social media uh, influences and everything. It's so important to remember. And it's it's so easy to do, right? You look at your friends and they're on vacation and 
isn't life grand? They look so happy and lovely and carefree and money's no object. And it's easy to look at that and be a little bit jealous and a little bit envious. And it's okay as long as you catch yourself and you don't start acting in ways that you now are trying to live a lifestyle that you can't afford or, or even that you don't even want. Because a lot of the times I talk to people and and it's not so much about uh, what you can do, what you can't do with your money. It's really about what you want and what you honestly want, not what you think you should want. Because there's a big difference. I have people that come in and talk to me in my day job, which is as a financial advisor and a bookkeeper. And when I sit down with them, there's a lot of people that think they should have a certain uh, desire or lifestyle once they retire. And a lot of the time, what they think they should want isn't really what they want. So, you know, when you retire, a lot of people say, oh, you have time to travel or you'll buy a motorhome and go driving around and see the world or see the country, see whichever, the North America, in and out of the States and Canada, whatever you're you're planning on doing. And the reality is you might not want to travel. You might just want to stay home and read a book. And that's okay. The The challenge is when you start getting in your head other people's voices and they're telling you what you should be doing or what you think you should be doing. And when you say, I just want to stay home and read a book or uh, maybe maybe you just want to put a pool in your own house because you love to swim and you're just going to stay at your own house instead of traveling someplace else to swim somewhere else. Maybe you just want to stay in your own backyard, swim in your own pool and read a book. Or maybe you want to take up a hobby like painting or learn a new language or take up dancing. Whatever the case is, uh, they're all right. This is the great thing about money and this is the great thing about finance. And, and, it, and it's so cool to me because a lot of people think, you know, money and math, they all go together. And, and for sure they do. I'm not going to lie to you. I love math. I love money. I love finance. <laughs> it's all fun. It's all great. But uh, it's also not a straight line. And a lot of people think that. They think, uh, well, if I make this amount of money, I can have this kind of lifestyle. Well, here's the thing. Here's another spoiler for you. There's an awful lot of people out there that have a lot of money that have gone bankrupt, that are struggling, that are constantly living paycheck to paycheck. So the more you make does not necessarily make you happier. So what we do here on Financially Speaking is we just break it down and we. I really hope that what what we do here is we let you know that it's okay to just think about your own stuff and it's okay to look at what your neighbor's doing and have friends on Facebook and that's okay and then just take it for what it is and not let it register on your own brain and not let it have an impact on you and just think about, you know what, it really doesn't matter what my neighbor's doing. I'm happy for them if they're happy with what they're doing and if traveling every other month or buying a big motorhome or buying a new car every year or or really fancy, expensive clothes, or whatever the case is, if that makes them happier than what they are and they can afford it, well, good for them. I'm happy for them. But if what makes me happy isn't doing that, what makes me happy is having uh, savings or not having debt or just having enough money where I could uh, take one small trip every year, if that's what makes me happy, then that's what I want to be happy with. And if that sounds like you, then that's what I want you to be happy with because people get so caught up and I see this all the time. People get so caught up and well, I know I probably don't have enough or I didn't make the right decisions or I don't, I didn't save enough money or I'm not saving it the right way or whatever the case is. Uh, there's the cool thing about the financial world is there's just not a one size fits all. 
And that's what we try and, and make ourselves into, which isn't that ironic because every single one of us is different. Every single one of us has different uh, needs, different wants, different uh, interests. Identical twins aren't even exactly the same. And that's the cool thing about this industry and this particular part of our lives is that we don't have to treat it like a formula. We don't have to try and fit into, uh, oh, we all have to have the same thing. We all have to save the same way for retirement. That's not true. There's all kinds of vehicles out. There's all kinds of stuff. And that's what we talk about here. So every night we talk about a different topic. And a lot of the times I've, I've had people ask me about certain topics and that becomes part of the show. Because if somebody asks me, there's a good chance there's somebody else out there that, think of, that thinks the same thing. And if you have questions or you have suggestions for show topics, or you have a question about a financial uh, concern that you've seen or heard, or there's something that you're interested in learning more about, please write in or share it with us because uh, we're happy to tackle that and take it on for you and get you the answers and do some homework if we need to to find out what it all is about. So write in uh, to the show. Join us in the chat room on the Inspired Choices Network uh, com website. You can log in live. You can log in later. You can email me um, at kathy at bookkeepplus.ca or kathy at noblecanada.ca. I, I never remember which one. Don't tell Christine. She's our our uh, owner of the network, but I never remember which email I tell her. So don't tell her I told you that. But uh, you can email me at either one of those. And you can call into the network or you can uh, join us live, like I said, or you can call in during the show. If you really want to have a, a question answered, then call in. But after we're not live, we go into podcast, and you get to hear it on over 50 platforms. We are out there in the cyber world. It is hard to hide from you. If you want the answers, we have the answers, or we will get you the answers, and you can find them. So for any of you that are out there with any questions, be it financial or otherwise, Sign in and check out the Inspired Choices Network because with all the variety of shows that we have on the network, you can learn about uh, child rearing tips. You can learn about running your business. You can learn about uh, different specialty information on your pets and questions and concerns. You can learn about working with energy. You can work learn about all kinds of different issues and questions get solved with the variety of shows that we have and I would encourage you to check them out because uh, really the financial part is, is my favorite and it's what I do all the time. And obviously that's why I do financially speaking because that's what I love. But it's one part of your life. So let's get all the parts together and, and that will make you as happy and as successful as we possibly can. And if you're out there thinking, geez, you know what? I have a, there's something missing on the, on the network. I've been through it and there's a, there should be a show on such and such then you definitely want to talk to Christine McIver. She is the the network uh, owner and operator, and she will talk to you about your own show. And there's absolutely a need out there. If you're thinking about something or you've talked to your friends about something and you're like, geez, why don't we ever find this information? Then maybe you should be doing a show on it. And I would encourage you to give her a call, email, call her, um, you know, call her on her show, log into the network when she's on and uh, she'd be happy to talk to you about it. And I think it'd be super cool because as we grow with the with the network and as we grow with areas and opportunities to help each other, well, just doesn't that make the world a better place? And I think that's pretty cool to be part of that. So 
that's uh, what we do here. That's what the Financially Speaking is about. That's what the Inspired Choice is about. Uh, there's always opportunity. And if you're worried or stressed out thinking, oh, I can't do that, you don't actually have to know what you're doing because I sure didn't with the with radio and networks. But there are some pretty great producers and they are so good that they just do it all for you and you think you know what you're doing. So don't let that stop you or hold you back because you they make you look good so you don't have to worry about being all that proficient on the technology side of it. So, and of course, I've got to give a shout out to my buddy Keisha. She's always making me sound good and keeping me on track. So, um, that with that said, tonight we're going to talk about something that I think is so cool. It's called income splitting. And it's a concept that's been around for a long, long time in, in Canada and the U.S. And um, I'm going to talk to you mostly about the Canadian side because that is where I am sitting in right now in Canada. And that's what we look at here. And I do more, obviously, I find my taxes in Canada. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the income splitting. But any concepts we talk about here on the the show don't be afraid to go and talk to your financial advisor, your accountant, or your bookkeeper and ask them about it. Because the, especially with Canada and the United States, there's a lot of very similar similar concepts that they just have different names. You know, we spell color with a U. You, you, the Americans don't spell color with a U. It's the same idea. There's, it's just, It still means the same. It's just got a different name or a different spelling. So go and talk to your financial person about it and ask them. Uh, if you hear something like when I talked about RSPs, that's the Reti- Registered Retirement Savings Plan, then you're going to go talk to your um, financial person and they're going to talk to you about an IRA. Uh, so it's, TFSA is going to be a Roth IRA um, or 401k, sorry, on the RSP. The IRA, Roth IRA, those are going to be TFSAs. Very, very equivalent. It's all about retirement vehicles. So tonight we're going to talk about um, income splitting. And we're going to take our first break in just a minute. And when we come back, I want to share with you a concept that uh, just because I know we're closing in on the end of the year. And I always like to say that tax planning is not in April when we file our taxes. Tax planning is now before we end the year. Because once that clock turns over December 31st, there is nothing we can do about it. What we have is locked in for the year. But if we're going to do anything to make donations or do any kind of uh, tax planning, then we need to do it before December 31st. And obviously in April, we're going to file our taxes. But uh, there's really very little that we can do from January to March. There's a couple of things, but really the the bulk of it is got to be done before December 31st or else you're pretty much locked in your tax future for that year. So when we come back, we are going to talk about income splitting and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about how it works. I'll give you some examples of it. Um, and then we'll chat more about all these great financial concepts. So stay with us. You are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble, on the Inspired Choices Network. And when we return, we're going to continue our conversation and jump right in on income splitting. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy 
it is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815 880 8255. Canada 613-800-8736 or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back everyone. I'm Kathy Cook Noble and you are listening to the Inspired Choices Network and this is Financially Speaking. Today, our topic is about income splitting. And before we went to the break, we were just talking a little bit about finances and how they work and why it's important that we understand our own, um, mostly for our own mental health because we get so much stress over money. Uh, but tonight, we're going to talk about income splitting. We haven't talked about that before, and there's been a lot of changes to the the rules on income splitting. So when I say income splitting, what are you thinking? So I'm going to tell you to take your money and give half of it away or give a portion of it away or somehow just take it away from you. That's not exactly what I'm talking about. I'm talking about taking your income with and splitting it. So if you have a spouse or or common-law partner and you're going to file your taxes and say one person has a significantly higher income bracket, uh, well, not even significantly, they're in a higher income bracket, then it might make sense to do something called income splitting, where you split your income so that it's taxed in the lower tax bracket. So how do we do that? There's there's obviously uh, uh, a lot of ways we have to be very careful so that we can, can shift this higher income into the lower income spouse or partner or child. So here's something that might be new for you to hear. If you if you didn't know about income splitting before, that this is going to be cool to find out about. If you did know about income splitting before, but you thought you had to be married or have a partner to do it, the answer is no. If you have a if you have a child, you can use the income splitting with your child. So the spread between the top rate and the lower rate has actually been uh, quite high uh, in 2018 in Canada. It was it was. Uh, the highest it had been in, the, in a, um, a very long time. And what happens is somebody makes more money than the other person. So if you're the one making more money and your partner is making less money, you're paying a lot of tax and they're, they're not. So this is a way for you to, to transfer some of that tax burden, if you will, to them. 
so that if you're going to pay tax, then you're going to pay it in a lower tax bracket, which means, guess what? You save money. So what did we just talk about? Saving money is the same as making more. And that goes with taxes too. That's why I say good tax planning is part of your overall plan. Um, anyone out there that knows me or talks to me, they'll know that my, my pet peeve is when people say, oh, it's RSP season in Canada. And that's January, February, March. And I think, no, you're, there is no season. The, there's good planning. <laughs> you have a good plan from January to December. And that takes into account your, your taxes and different tax strategies. I get it. Things come up and, you know, you might need to do something at the last minute because, you know, you didn't, you couldn't have planned for it or seen it coming. But, but for the most part, a good plan is all you need. So you put that in place, you follow it for 12 months, you make adjustments as things happen. Income splitting is one of those. So, uh, here's how it's formally defined. Income splitting is transferring income from a family member to a lower tax family member to reduce the overall tax burden of the family. So since we have a graduated tax bracket, as do you in the U.S., um, having the income tax at the lower income earner's hands, the overall tax of the family can be reduced. So there are, however, you have to be careful. Like I said, you can't just say, oh, okay, well, let's just move this over to to junior or spouse, and there you go. You can't do that. So under the Income Tax Act, there's a lot of anti-avoidance rules, and that means that it blocks your attempts at income splitting. So like anything, you have to be careful, and I recommend you're probably going to want to talk to a professional like an accountant when you file your taxes to see how this works and how you do it so you don't make a mistake because you don't want to get into trouble doing it wrong. Um, But what this is, this anti-avoidance rule, I guess if you want to call it that, it's technically known as the uh, attribution rule. And that's because what they do is they attribute this transferred income back to the original source or the transferor. So part of these exceptions um, that not only permit, but in some cases they actually encourage us to split income. So give me a, let me give you an example. If you give your minor kids money to invest, remember I told you, it didn't have to be a partner. It could be your kids. So let's say you give your kids some money to invest and the interest or dividends that's earned on those funds because they're making money, that gets attributed back to you because you're the transferor, but not any future capital gains. So on the other hand, that's one way, right? That's uh, one example. But on the other hand, let's say you give a gift of funds to your spouse or partner for the investment, then all future income as well as the capital gains will attribute back to you. So if instead of doing a gift, funds are loaned, like a loan between the spouse or the partner or the kids. Now, you can do this. Here's the key, one of the keys that you have to really pay attention to. In Canada, the minimum, the interest rate has to be paid which is whatever CRA, Canada Revenue Agency's prescribed rate of interest is. And right now it's right around 2%. So if you do the interest, then the attribution rules don't apply. And that means the interest is actually paid on the loan by January 30th of the following year. So what does that mean? Okay, I am going to loan money to my spouse or to my child. And in doing so, I charge the minimum interest rate. I don't have to charge more. I just have to charge the minimum, 2%. So I'm going to lend them $100,000. 
Yeah, I'm not that generous. Let's say we we that we loan them ten thousand. So we're gonna loan them ten thousand dollars. Two percent of ten thousand dollars is two hundred bucks. That's what we have to pay in interest, right? So every year before January thirty first, we have to pay the prescribed interest rate, which is two percent. That's the two hundred bucks. So physically, I have to receive a check from my spouse or from my kids or kids, if I'm doing it more than one. So I have four kids. Each of them I'm going to give $10,000 to as a, as a loan. And they are in turn every year going to give me $200 in interest so that uh, the attribution rule will not apply. So that helps us. And then just as a side note, um, and these are things you want to talk to your financial advisor and your accountant through. Then you look at doing something called a forgivable loan in your will which means they don't have to pay you back. So it becomes theirs, okay? But that's a whole other show, a whole other strategy, but just keep that in the back of your mind. If you're doing this, there's a next step to it. So any pension income that qualifies for the federal income credit also qualifies to be split. So when we talk about pensions, then we can look at um, using those as well. So let's let's just back up a little bit. What's the easiest way to split the income? That actually involves no physical transfer of funds uh, for the spouse and the partner and have split the pension income. So if you're earning a pension and your income is in the higher bracket, then it can be a substantial tax savings. Now, remember I said keeping more is the same as earning more. So now if we do this right with the pension split, not only are we going to save on tax, if somebody's in a lower tax bracket, it can also help in Canada to preserve the old age security benefits which the way our income tax act is worded is working you could be clawed back if the recipient's partner's income is above the clawback threshold so we could save money on old age we can save money on taxes and that's the same as making more money we just saved all that money so pension income splitting may also allow doubling up on what was uh what is sorry the federal pension income amount of $2,000 if the second spouse doesn't have their own pension. Holy cow, now we're going to double dip on it legally. How cool is that? And if we can even help preserve the age amount, which provides a non-refundable credit for taxpayers over the age of 65, I mean, there's all rules, of course, that go with it, but we can do it, uh, which is that will reduce the, the income once it's over about 37000 federally. So that's federally. Remember, we have provincial and federal here. So you get, and you have in the U.S. you have federal and state. So you just have to look at, you know, that's where an accountant really comes in or a tax preparer because they really help on that. So those are, that's a little bit about how it works. You can see why it works because you're now saving more money, which means you're paying less tax. You're potentially saving on the clawback in uh, old age security here in Canada. Um, and you're potentially doubling up on the $2,000 federal pension income amount if the second person doesn't have a pension. So if one of you has a pension and you're a teacher or a doctor or a lawyer, or maybe not lawyer, I don't know if they, they won't have pensions, but say you're uh, a doctor, a lawyer, uh, work for the government, you have a pension, and your spouse, your partner does not, then you can do that doubling up. So that's kind of cool, isn't it? I think it's really cool if we can save more money just by keeping more of it or paying less tax. Um, 
So we're going to take our next break uh, in about a minute. And when we come back, I mentioned to you, uh, there's a lot of acronyms. I think I even did a show on all these acronyms. And RSP is one of them, RRSP. It's the Registered Retirement Savings Plan. So I'm going to talk to you after our, our next break about how these RSPs, which are the most popular retirement vehicle in Canada, for sure. It's like your 401k in the U.S. Um, they're the most popular, the most well-known. They're probably the ones that people have heard about or seen or or even participated in it somehow or sometime or another. So we're going to use those as well with our income splitting because we can, right? There's another really neat way that we can use these income splitting tactics to save money on save on taxes, which is the same as saving money or getting money back on our return. So we're going to do that by talking about these RSPs. We're going to take our second break, and when we come back, we will talk about that. Um, and I will share with you an example of a couple and how that works. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble, on the Inspired Choices Network. And when we come back, we will talk about income splitting with RSPs. We'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. You don't have to be a trader on Wall Street to get a handle on your money. TV shows often instill fear to keep you believing you can't understand it or do anything yourself. If dealing with your finances brings up a lot of other F-words, then you need to read All Ladies Should Use the F-Word, A Guide to Loving Your Finances by Kathy Cook-Noble. Kathy helps you take control of your finances and leave the other F-word, fear, in the dust. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble, on the Inspired Choices Network. And we have been talking about income splitting because sometimes in our families or in our households, there's one person that makes more money than the other person. It just happens. It's the way it is. Not uncommon. So I hate to burst your bubble, but if you're in a household and one person makes a lot more money than you, um, that's normal. You're not special. <laughs> that's just normal. And this, we, we, we talk about a household. We're talking about a family. So 
Uh, one of the things that I mentioned, which is really, really important because people think with income splitting, it's just spouse to spouse or partner to partner. You can actually work with your child on this. So if you're a single parent with a child and you're making a lot more money than your child is or um, the child's making more money than you, then you could do some uh, income splitting planning. So again, I always, always, always recommend when you get into stuff like this, Talk to your tax preparer, Talk, assuming that you have one, talk to an accountant. And if you don't have one, uh, I know you can do your own taxes. I know you can file them yourself, but I'm a huge fan of having somebody look at it because when there's new rules come out every year, every time we have an election and the government changes, there's always something new that changes. And that's what these people do for a living. The accountants and the tax uh, planners, they're the ones that stay up on it. I am, uh, as a bookkeeper and a financial advisor, I read about it, I learn about it, I am not an expert on taxes. So even I have go, I go to my accountant and him and I talk about tax strategies and I ask him questions about how I can do certain things and sometimes I tell him things that I didn't know, that he didn't know and sometimes he tells me things that I didn't know. So it's always nice to have that conversation and, and I think when it happens, sometimes during the year, uh, not in April when everything's panicked and you got to get your slips in and hurry up and get your stuff filed and you've got only, you know, so many days left to get it in. That's, that's not the time to have the conversation. The time to have the conversation is when there's no panic and you can have time to make changes and make adjustments. And, and I'm a huge, huge fan of planning because, quite frankly, anything you plan for takes the stress out of it, if you think about it. Even if you're going on a trip and you think, you know, if you're in Canada and, you know, we're in the winter months, so a lot of people are thinking about going south to the to the states, like to the warmer ones, or maybe go to Florida or Hawaii or something like that. But if we're say you're planning a trip from your place to another place, it's so much less stressful if you know when the flight is, if you know what airport you're flying out of, if you know what time the flight's going to be at, if you know how many pieces of luggage you can take, if you know how much it's going to cost. If you know how long you're going to be gone, if you know for sure that the plane's going to come back and pick you up so you can come home, can you imagine having a trip where you have no idea when you're going to be allowed to come back home or what time the flight's going to leave or if you're allowed to take luggage with you or how much it's going to cost to take the luggage or to have a seat on the plane or if you're going to be allowed to eat any food while you're in the airport or if they offer food. Can you imagine going on a trip, the stress you would have? Nobody would want to travel. That's not how you plan your trip. You plan your trip by saying, hey, let's pick a place where we're going to go based on all these things that we like or dislike or need or don't need. And then you pick this place. So you're leaving from Canada to Florida in January because you want to be, you're going to be, you're a snowbird and you want to spend all the time in the sun away from the snow. So you're going to go down for January, February, March, and that's why you're going to go there. So now we know why we're doing it. And now we know where we're going to go. We're going to go down to Florida and we're going to have this three months of of sunshine while your family and friends are all up in the snow. And you're going to know that you're you're flying by a certain airline out of a certain terminal in a certain city. And you know what, what time the flight's going to be. You know how many bags you're taking. You've packed your clothes. So you know when you get down there that you have clothes and you have a toothbrush and you have a hairbrush. And you're going to know when you come back, what time you're leaving, what airport you're flying out of, what terminal you're flying out of, whether or not they're going to serve you food, how long the flight's going to be, if you're going to be rerouted from Florida through 
to California to Hawaii and it's going to be three days to fly home because it's not a direct flight or if you're going to have a direct flight. You know all these things that's gonna, that are going to happen when you book your trip. But so few people know all these things when it comes to their finances. And that's because they think that finance, a lot of times, not everybody, but a lot of people think that financial planning is really hard or they can't do it or, 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 which I hear a lot, they have to have a lot of money to do it. And that's just not so. The reality is whatever you have, that's your estate. It doesn't matter how big or how small or how you are comparing it to everybody else. That is your estate. So if you rent an apartment and you have no furniture in it, but you have a cat, you have to do something with your cat. If you rent an apartment and you have furniture, then that's your estate. If you own a house, then there's part of your estate. So you get my point that everybody has something, right? Even if you're sitting in a rented apartment with no furniture and no cat or no dog and you have clothes on, you still own the clothes on your back. (laughs) Everybody has an estate. So uh, we can all have a plan. And the plan can be just as specific to you as it needs to be because it's all about you. Just remember when you go talk to financial advisors or financial planners or accountants, it's all about you. That's it. They're there to work for you. So how do we do some of these some of these strategies on keeping our money is we talk about income splitting. And I mentioned to you about income splitting is, is literally just transferring that tax burden to somebody else. You're not going to go write somebody a check and say, okay, I'm splitting my income with you. That's not how it works. You're going to, you're going to share in the, or you're going to transfer the tax burden to either a spouse, a partner or a child. So I mentioned before about RSPs. They're the retirement savings plan that we have here. And a lot of people out there, all of my Canadian friends, they probably know what they are because they get advertised an awful lot here. And the way it works, you can't just say, okay, I'm going to contribute to my, to an individual RSP and I'll put it in my, I'll give it to my spouse and my spouse can put it in theirs. Nope. That's a no, no. That's going to lead to the potential attribution rule and the penalty that we talked about with with CRA if you get audited because they're going to say, no, 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 that that's actually your money. So we're going to transfer it back to you and, and you're going to pay the penalty in the tax. So, but here's the trick. You can, yes, the answer is yes, you can contribute to what's called a spousal RRSP. And there might be very good reasons for you to do that because those exist. There's individual RSPs. And when you hear the term RSP, it's implied that it's an individual. That means if I have an RSP, it's in my name, Kathy. It's mine. But if there's a spousal RSP, if I have a spousal RSP, that's also in my name. So something to look at and something to think about. So don't don't think that it's a, again, I mentioned before, it's not a one-size-fits-all. It's all relevant to who you are and how you are. So let me give you an example of Zach and Ella, Okay. And I'm going to show you how the income splitting works with the spousal RSP. So we're going to picture picture our friends, Zach and Ella. They're a happy 30-ish kind of couple. Um, they're both both gainfully employed, have been for years. They're doing really well. And in their incomes, I mentioned before, it's not uncommon that you have a mismatch of income. So here we have a couple who have a mismatch of income. And Zach, he used to tend bar and run a coffee shop. And now he's finally taken up his calling, probably because he's been working his way through school and he's going to become an art teacher in the high school. He's going to earn $60,000 a year. Okay. Ella, however, 
she has been working for 10 years as a software developer developer in a growth tech company. And after all 10 years, and she's getting raises and and uh, income, you know, her income's been going up. She now earns about ninety thousand dollars a year. So Zach earns sixty, Ella earns ninety. Obviously, she's a higher income earner. So after paying off their debt and expenses, she's contributing about twelve thousand dollars to a spousal RSP for her husband Zach. And what she does is she deducts the RSP contribution from her income. And that $12,000 contribution reduces her personal annual income contribution. Remember, she makes 90. It's going to be reduced by 12. And that helps her get a tax refund. Or at least what happens is it lowers her into a tax, uh, lower tax bracket that she pays tax on that year. So, kind of cool. Ella wins. What happens to Zach? He's the lower income spouse. He's the person that's authorized to withdraw the funds from the RSP. So it becomes his, right? If you want to take the money out to use it, here's the key. It's not as simple. It's a little bit complicated to take it out because if you're going to take it out, here's when the taxes get paid when you withdraw it. So how do we do that? How is that going to withdraw money out of this spousal RSP? Well, let's say that when he goes to withdraw it, if it's equal to or less, than what Ella contributed in the year of the withdrawal or two preceding calendar years. So in that case, CRA is going to tax the withdrawal amount back to the contributor, Ella. So if he does it too soon, it's going to be Ella's tax problem. But Zach won't get taxed. Even though it's the lower income spouse, he's the official holder of the spousal RSP. But if we look at it a little bit differently... If Zach wants to make a withdrawal from the spouse RSP, but Ella hasn't made a contribution that year or in the preceding two years, in that case, he will be taxed on the income. So it's about timing. And this is why we want to talk to the accounting people, because if this ever gets changed in the Income Tax Act, which it could happen, it's happened before, changes to the Income Tax Act, then your accountant's going to say, hey, whoa, 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 Ella, before you make a contribution to the spouse RSP for Zach, Zach wants to withdraw the money. It's been a long enough period. There's not going to be a penalty, and he's going to be taxed on it in the lower tax bracket. So let's do that before we do something else. This is why the strategy is important to have somebody to work with. So, of course, there's there's exceptions where the spousal attribution rule wouldn't apply. For example, if Ella died in the year the funds were being withdrawn, uh, that that wouldn't the attribution rule wouldn't apply. It also wouldn't apply if Zach and Ella became non-residents. Um, there's a few other technical exceptions, but if you're using this strategy, always talk to your advisor or your accountant or your tax preparer and see how it is. Now, the spousal, the spousal RSPs aren't the only game in town when it comes to income splitting. And don't forget, we're just talking about spousal RSP. We talked about how we can use our kids too. And I mentioned briefly about the uh, pension income splitting. You can transfer up to 50% of an eligible pension income into your spouse. But big surprise, there's a catch. <clears throat> so the catch is eligible, pen- eligible pension income is different when you're under the age of 65 versus when you're over the age of 65. Here's how it works. So if you're before the age of 65, the pension income splitting is limited to what's called a lifetime annuity payment from a registered pension plan. 
So that means monthly payments from a private pension. And it also is limited to certain death benefits. Now, if you're 65 and over, then the pension income splitting includes the same as above, plus payments from a RIF, which is a registered retirement income fund, or a deferred profit sharing program. So for most Canadians, I'm just going to give it to you for most of the Canadians, and I assume there's probably it's probably very similar to the Americans, uh, our American counterparts as well, but this is up to a 50% splitting is usually enough for couples' uh, retirement incomes to meet the maximum efficiency. But maybe there's other uh, issues that could come up, like your one spouse's income is so significantly higher that there's still a gap. Well, there's some strategies for that too. So you could split your te- splitting your uh, Canada pension plan. That's not the most common, but you can can. And here's an example of how it could work. We would go we'll go back to Zach and Ella when we talk about splitting your CPP. But first, we're going to take our last break of the night. I'm going to let you digest how we had the income split for the spousal RSP with our friend Zach and Ella and the pension. And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about Canada Pension Plan. And, of course, it would be, I would, you know, my favorite topic is tax-free savings account. Um, I don't like the word savings account, but I do love the words tax-free. So we're going to talk about that. Don't go anywhere. We're going to take our last break. Um, You are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble, on the Inspired Choices Network. And when we return, we'll wrap up our conversation about income splitting. We'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. You don't have to be a trader on Wall Street to get a handle on your money. TV shows often instill fear to keep you believing you can't understand it or do anything yourself. If dealing with your finances brings up a lot of other F-words, then you need to read All Ladies Should Use the F-Word, A Guide to Loving Your Finances by Kathy Cook-Noble. Kathy helps you take control of your finances and leave the other F-word, fear, in the dust. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. And I'm your host, Kathy Cook-Noble. We are talking about income splitting and some ideas that 
you could take with you to your next meeting with your advisor or your accountant or tax preparer and just ask them to look into this if it makes sense for you or your situation, or maybe it doesn't. But at least now we can have a look at a strategy that might work and save you a little bit of money because saving money is the same as making more. Now, I mentioned just a little very briefly that another strategy is splitting your Canada pension plan. So this is for Canadians. It's not um, it's not terribly common, but here's an example. Okay, so remember Zach and Ella? Well, let's pretend we've gone forward in time and Ella has taken off. Remember, they're in their 30s. So Ella's taken off a bunch of time to raise their children. And she, and she went back to work part-time, but for the bulk of it, she was off with the kids. Now, Zach, remember, he took a new job, and that through raises and so forth, he has become the higher income earner. But now, he's about to retire, and he is entitled to about $12,000 a year from Canada Pension Plan. Now, Ella didn't contribute as much, and now she is only expecting $6,000 a year from Canada Pension Plan. But by sharing the credits that Canada Pension Plan has, Zach and Ella could actually lower their total tax bill. So this is just for a, a bonus fun tidbit because it's not common um, and it, you have to see how your situation is. But why it would work is because for a lot of Canadians, uh, it might not be worth the trouble to go through if the income's not that different. And the maximum Canada Pension Plan payout might only be around 1000 or $1,100 a month. But the tax savings on that income might not be a whole heck of a lot. But, hey, remember, if you're on a limited budget or an income for retirement, every dollar matters. And I'm not saying that one dollar is less important than another because I don't believe that it is. All your money is important. Okay, last one is about the tax-free savings account. This is not actually – so for those of you out there, this will be similar to your Roth IRA in the U.S. Um, A tax-free savings account is is a, a tool for investing. But if savings account implies that it's a bank account, it's not. You can use it for investing, like real, solid, honest-to-goodness, good investing. So don't be confused by the name. Um, the TFSA cannot, or sorry, <laughs> cannot, it can be part of anyone's comprehensive retirement plan, and I believe it should be. You you want to look at all possible options and see if they work for you. So especially when there's a big disparity in income, it might be better to draw income from this in the retirement instead of paying tax on the drawn income from other types of accounts. So remember, when we start taking money out of our RSP, we've deferred the income, so now we have to pay tax on it. Pensions all income because are all taxable because that's all income. Tax-free, just like it sounds, is tax-free. So you can gift money to your spouse or your common-law partner, and they can put it in TFSA. Now, I can't go and put it in my partner or spouse's, you ha- or neither can you. you have to do it, they have to do it themselves. So they put the money in their TFSA and there's no tax consequences when you take that money out, like zero, none. So if I gift money to my husband or he gifts money to me, depending on whose income's higher, then I can take, say he gifted money to me. I can take that money and put it in my own TFSA because we all have an allowance uh, contribution allowance that we can put it in and if I have room I can put it in my tax-free savings account into an investment and let that investment grow and when I take that money out and it doesn't matter when or how much I take out it is a hundred percent tax-free so that is pretty cool to me now it's not going to reduce my taxes I'm not going to file it when I file my taxes in April it means nothing they don't care 
because I'm not reducing my taxes like my RFP does. But it is another strategy because when you take money out uh, for withdrawal in your retirement, <laughs> you also have to be aware that you're going you're gonna to be paying taxes forever, right? Whether it's in retirement, whether it's in work years, uh, it doesn't matter. You're still paying taxes. It's just how much and, and how are we able to have strategies to minimize that. So the tax-free savings account, which is really cool, uh, is an opportunity to, to grow your money and then take it out without any taxes at all only. So it's pretty cool. Those are some ideas for income splitting. And I just want to mention one quick uh, little tidbit about the income splitting before we wrap up tonight's conversation is the tax on the split income rule that came into effect January 1st, 2019 here. And um, there's just a couple exemptions. Like it excludes business gains, uh, it excludes shares. <clears throat> so if somebody's older, 25 or older, and owns 10% of the company, uh, it, there's other exemptions like business owners over age 65 gains from gain if, if you have a disposition of qualified business. This isn't about businesses. This is what I'm talking about. There's because some people might be out there saying, oh, but what about this? What if we are in a business? What if we, you know, share this together? The conversation, we can't cover everything in our shows and I just want to make it so that you start to think about it and there's a conversation that you can have with your advisor or your accountant because there are the income tax act I can tell you in Canada and the US is is not something that you're going to read on a Friday night and have full comprehension of it. <laughs> there are so many bits and pieces and exceptions to this and exceptions to that and uh there's just all kinds of fun things that keep accountants busy and and uh, knee-deep in tax planning for you. So don't be afraid to ask. These, When we talk about these concepts and these ideas on financially speaking, this may not be the best one for you, and it may not be one for you at all, but it might be a fantastic one. So if it's something you thought, hey, wow, that could be me, let's talk to the advisor, let's talk to the accountant, let's talk to the tax preparer, whoever does your stuff. So that's what we do here. Please write in. Join us every Monday. We'll tackle another topic We'll take on topics that you want to know. We'll be here every Monday. Join us again, and we will talk about more financial concepts and make it more user-friendly so that you can understand your money every day. Thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook-Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.